Hello and welcome to The Planet Today. It is Monday, April 3rd, 2023. Here on TPT, we cover the latest in climate change, wildlife conservation, renewable energy, and environmental policy. I'm your host, Matt Norton, here with producer and co-host Nick Janusa. Nick, happy allergy season. I mean, April. <laughs> yeah, not excited. Um, got that first real look at allergy season um, this past weekend. Started to feel it. Flonase is coming in hot. <laughs> I want to be the first to wish everyone a happy Easter. If you celebrate it, if you don't, that's fine too. I don't know what I'm going to make. I have no idea. Kid just couldn't wait until Friday for the, the happy no, Easter I wishes. Could, no, no, no. I have to be the first one to wish you a happy Easter. So here I am. Yeah. It's the Chris Berman in me. Yeah. All right. In that case, I'll be the first <laughs> to wish everyone a happy Easter 2024 next year. Um, all right. All right. I'm a year in advance. <laughs> Speaking of Easter, are you a deviled eggs guy? You know, I love eggs. I've never had a deviled egg. What? That opportunity has just never presented itself. And I'm not going to like... 28 years on this earth, you haven't had a deviled egg? Yeah, I'm not going to I'm not gonna just go make, make a batch for myself if I've never tried them before. <laughs> That's fair enough. Yeah, they're okay. Uh, it wasn't... I don't have like any hot take on that. I just thought that if you were like extremely like for them, I would have been a little... I'm a little like hesitant of those people, but my, my real only take on eggs is that soft boiled eggs are the best way to eat eggs and, uh, no further questions at this time. Okay. I'm not going to yuck your yum. Yeah. Like you said last week. So yeah, there we go. All right. Let's have an excellent episode right now. Oh, oh God. Before we get started, we have a quick word from one of our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by KitCaster. KitCaster books you on top podcasts. How do funded startup founders attract prospects and talent? Podcast interviews. How do entrepreneurs with exits find new deals? Podcast interviews. How do C-suite execs differentiate in crowded markets? Podcast interviews. KitCaster books you on top podcasts. Click the link in the show notes for a special offer. Celebrate good conversation. We have two stories for you today. The first one is by Lauren Margolis and Ali Marticho of The Hill. They write, very disturbing. What to know about the potentially deadly fungus spreading in the U.S.? For fans of the game or the HBO series, The Last of Us, it's not cordyceps. <laughs> this is a fungus called Candida auris. And clinical cases of the fungus have tripled between 2019 to 2021. It was first detected in the United States in 2016, and the CDC warned it is spreading at an alarming rate. The authors then write the answer to the question we are all wondering next. Doctors are assuring the public it's not going to take over the world. It's not going to kill us all, but it is something we need to be aware of. Candida auris is usually resistant to antifungal drugs, so it's harder to treat infections. It's not usually something to worry about for healthy people, but can become a major problem when entering healthcare settings. 
Another issue with the fungus is that it's hard to identify with standard lab tests. So early and correct treatment can be a challenge. Yeah, so the most vulnerable people here are going to be those with invasive medical devices or people that are staying in hospitals long term. It can cause damage to multiple different organs after it enters our bloodstream through the skin. Um, It can also live on walls and bedding as well as natural settings. So proper hygiene, disinfecting procedures, you know, washing your hands thoroughly. Those are going to be the most important ways to stop the spread of this fungus. Most common symptoms include fever and chills, but the only way to know for sure if you've been infected by Candida auris is to get a lab test. Yeah, you know, I I think that this can be applied to the greater how is climate change impacting the world sort of thing, where this is a fungus that we didn't identify until 2016. um, And, you know, part of this, I shouldn't necessarily say climate change, like that's a factor, but it's really just human development. We're we're interacting with the natural world more often. Mm -hmm. We're coming in contact with plant and animal species that we didn't for thousands of years because we're encroaching on new territories and we're going to see diseases break out similar to this fungal infection just because we're now coming in contact with different plants and animals that for years we hadn't seen. Yeah, definitely. And at first, like I, I read this headline, I was like, okay, come on. Like they're just like trying to get views because <laughs> last of us was so popular and like got huge. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's crazy that this is actually real and, and that it's something that can actually happen to you. Uh, I did also read that it's, it's mostly for, I know it said it somewhere in here, but it is mainly targeting the people who have already compromised immune systems. So, yeah. So definitely if you do have a a compromised immune system, you know, be conscious of keeping your areas clean. Uh, And by areas, I mean like your home and yeah. Even if you aren't though, like if you, if you don't have a compromised immune system, you might know someone that does and you don't want to be the one who's carrying this and getting somebody else really sick. So yeah. Yeah. Even if you're perfectly healthy, you know, it's not a crazy ask to say, wash your hands, (laughs) like make sure we're doing the right disinfectant things after, you know, being outside or coming in contact with public transit, stuff like that. You know, you don't know where everyone else has been. You can only control yourself here. So yeah, that's like the most basic thing you could possibly do is just wash your hand. The most low effort thing to do to take care of yourself, wash your hands. Yeah, on on a show where we've talked about like we need to tax corporations their fair share to offset their damage done by climate change, saying wash your hands is like really minor. So yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, go do that. Go do that if you're listening right now. It's probably been too long. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next one here, and it's from the BBC where Nicholas Young writes: Singapore, the penguins given world first cataract surgery. This is such a cool, fun story to close out today's show. So three king penguins and three Humboldt penguins were driven to a clinic in eastern Singapore while sitting in buckets full of ice to stay cool in the back of these air-conditioned vans. And then after arriving at the clinic, a five-person veterinary team removed that cloudy eye lens uh, caused by cataracts and then inserted what's called an intraocular lens implant. Cataracts is a common age-related condition that develops in older animals and has a negative impact on their vision. Each penguin's custom lens was created in Germany based on precise measurements. They took about two months to make, according to the Mandai Wildlife Group, a group that manages around 21,000 animals from 1,000 species across four wildlife parks in Singapore. 
Each surgery took roughly two and a half hours, and while recovering, the penguins had to stay out of water and in a separate den from the rest of their colony. Eye drops were also administered twice daily. Three months later, the penguins have noticeable increases in responsiveness and activity levels attributed to being able to see more clearly. MWG has done other cataract surgeries on older animals like sea lions and orangutans, and has used 3D printed protective shoes for birds of prey while treating them for foot disease. Dr. Gladys Boo, a veterinary ophthalmologist who led the procedure, said this is likely the first time penguins have successfully received intraocular lens implants, marking a milestone in veterinary medicine. Penguins have a third eyelid to protect their eyes while they're underwater, which actually did complicate the procedure, but the surgeries were deemed successful despite that challenge. Penguins have large and stable enough eyes for this procedure to work, so Dr. Boo's team decided that they wanted to pursue it. She first diagnosed them with cataracts during checkups last August. Yeah, this is a crazy one. Like, to think that you can just yeah. have penguins in, like, the back of a van and some ice, and then boom, like, give them a full cataract surgery. That's incredible. And speaking from experience with a, with an animal who has a cataract, my, my dog Bear, he's, like, 15 years old, 16 years old, and he had cataracts starting about, like, three years ago. And the surgery was just like astronomical. So my parents never did it Mm -hmm. for a dog who's already old. You're probably not going to do it. But the quality of life for for these for these penguins now is going to be through the roof because like my dog literally can't see now. He can't get up the stairs um, as well as he could. And he just doesn't have really any quality of life. So, yeah, this is awesome for these penguins that that had the surgery done. Yeah. And I mean, you're seeing that it says that there's noticeable increases in like their activity level. Imagine also. Here's the thing. When you, when you think about a person getting this surgery, you can tell them going into it, hey, here's what's going to happen. We're going to put you under for a little bit. Then you're going to be able to see better. Yeah. The penguins were probably like, I don't know what the hell is going on. I don't know what just happened. Oh my gosh, I can see. <laughs> like, Yeah, dude. Imagine, imagine not knowing. And then all of a sudden, like you wake up, your eyes have healed and you can just like, see Holy again. Holy hell. Yeah. yeah. That's Amazing. so awesome. So some fun facts to close this one out. King penguins come from the South Atlantic and the South Indian Ocean and are the second largest penguin in the world. They can live up to 40 years in captivity. Humboldt penguins, on the other hand, come from South America, and they usually live for about 15 to 20 years. But that'll do it for today's episode of TPT. It's a shorter, more fun one than usual. Um, If you liked it, go share the show with a friend. We'll be back on Friday for our regularly scheduled show. Until then, go give us a follow on social media at Planet Today Pod for more TPT in the meantime. For the Planet Today, I'm Nick Janusa. And I am Matt Norton. See you on Friday. Peace. Peace.